What up, black man? In this episode, I'm going to talk about the recent passing of DJ Twitch, my own struggles with suicide, and my thoughts on how to navigate this topic. Let's get into it. What up, black man? Welcome to the Beneficial Black Man podcast, where we focus on helping black men to overcome mediocrity, to become beneficial for their community by discussing faith, creativity, personal development, and mental and emotional health management. I'm your host, Jamal Kalpin. How are you doing? How are you doing? Protecting your mental mental, finding time for an emotional release valve, and uh, I hope you're protecting yourself. You know, finding time for yourself and making sure you are doing okay to the best of your ability. So we are, we are at the end of the year for the most part. We are at the end of the year and we are in this holiday season, which is in itself always interesting. There can be highs and lows to the holiday season. People have different different takes and different different feels about the holidays. You know, some people love the holidays, regardless of the holiday, you know, just this, this time of year. Some people really love it. Some people wish it would just be January already. You know, they just want to get to the new year. So, you know, it can be it can be tough. You know, the holidays can definitely be tough, especially if you've lost family around this time or you've been in relationships that have ended around this time or maybe you're, you know, you were in a relationship and now you're single or divorced or whatever. And this time of year can just be rough. That's why we need to reach out to one another. That's why we need community. That's why we need emotional release valves. And that's why we got to do this work. We got to do this work even if we don't feel like it, just so that we can be okay. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I talk about uh, as a beneficial man, we should be working and striving to live for glory and for good, but also add and for joy. And I honestly believe that's the first thing that we need to work on is making sure that we have joy internally and joy for ourselves first so that we can do the work for glory and do the work for good. We got to make sure that we're okay. We got to make sure that we're right. But before we get into today's topic, because this is definitely a heavy topic, it's a topic that um, I have personal experience with. It's really important to discuss and it's something that we need to keep talking about, especially within our community and especially as black men, this topic of a suicide, because it's it's real. It's, it's really real. It's having a huge impact on our community. And it has been, you know, it's been having a huge impact on our community for a long time. Um, but I think because more and more people are talking about mental health and mental illness and uh, things are becoming a little less taboo, the conversation is coming up more and more and we're all trying to figure out how to navigate it. We're all trying to figure out how to talk about this, how to deal with it, how to do anything with it. You know, it's and it's challenging and it's not as easy as one, two, three, you know, but we got to talk about it. But before we get into that, as with every other episode of The Beneficial Black Man, we got to start off with the mental mental check-in. Again, I, I do these mental mental check-ins to share with you and be vulnerable with you because I want you to do mental mental check-ins with yourself, whether it's every week, whether it's every other week, whenever. You need to do your own mental mental check-ins. Where are you? What's your highs and lows? Are you creating anything? What's going on with you? Make sure that you're doing them too. All right, so let's start with the high. Um, the high right now for me has been spending time with my family during this holiday season. Um, so recently, my family and I, we are working on doing like this annual trip to Virginia Beach where we go and hang out near the beach and spend time with one another. And it's just, it's cool. You know, I think it's funny because there are two things that I personally really don't like. Um, <laughs> it's the cold and to the beach. And I think it's funny because especially this year when we went <laughs> went to the beach, it was really cold and we were walking on the sand and stuff like that. And it's kind of kind of a running joke that like I really don't like the beach. I don't like sand, but I really do it because I just love my wife. 
because she loves the beach. She loves the ocean. It makes sense. I mean, I think the, the beach is beautiful and stuff. It's just not always my cup of tea. But yeah, I just find that that was kind of funny that we're hanging out this year and it was like cold. It was cold this time when we went to the beach. Other times when we went um, before, like previous years, it was warmer. At least it was warmer than at home, but it was pretty much the same temperature at home that it was at the beach. So it was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> just walking around bundled up the whole time, but it was fun. Uh, we, we always eat good, um, hang out and do stuff. So it's a great time. It's a great time of rest and good conversations and stuff like that. So that was a high. The low recently before going on our trip, I got a really bad stomach flu, really bad like stomach virus or something like that. And it took me out like seriously for about a week and I'm still kind of healing and recovering from it. Like I, I don't even think I'm hundred percent yet, not physically, not mentally. And I think the biggest low for me was like during that time, and it's a mixture of things because, you know, when you get sick, it's not just your body, like your head gets mess, messed up too. But realizing how bad my mental health is, wrestling with like mental stability while being sick, being sick with the stomach flu, it was really um, kind of a bummer with me. Like there were moments that I just knew my mind wasn't good. Like my head was all over the place. I couldn't really think straight. And there were moments, at least for me personally, like I, I struggled with identifying my own thoughts compared to intrusive thoughts. We all wrestle to some degree with intrusive thoughts. You know, sometimes those can be those self-doubting thoughts. It can be those thoughts of fears or thoughts that, you know, you're worried about and concerned about what other people are thinking about you and different things like that. But for people who really struggle with intrusive thoughts, like they're really, really aggressive sometime. And the, the tricky thing about it is that when you're wrestling with those thoughts, sometimes you can't tell if they're your thoughts or it's something that's kind of just talking in your voice. I know that's something recently and just realizing that like, is this getting kind of bad? Like I, I need, I need help making sure I can think straight and think clearly. Cause I think when I was younger, I feel like I had a better grasp on it. And I don't want to necessarily say that I'm like losing grasp of my thoughts or my mental health or whatever. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, I, I can't think, well, I can't think clearly. And whether that's continuing to go to therapy and get counseling or like something I'm considering is trying to get medication so that I can be more stable and be of better mind or, you know, more sound mind because I want to be healthy. Like, you know, I want to be in a good position again, not only for myself, but from, for my family too. Like I want to make sure that I'm showing up clear, not foggy, not distracted and not under the influence of other intrusive thoughts or, you know, as a believer, you know, spiritual influences from other places, you know, because I think as long as I've been walking with the Lord, I can kind of identify his voice. You know, scripture talks about, you know, Jesus says my sheep will hear my voice and stuff like that. And so I believe the most high definitely talks to his people. I think he talks to any and everybody if they're willing to listen, but definitely his people. Um, and at the same time, I do think spiritual influences from the kingdom of darkness also speaks to us and talks to us and communicates with us. Sometimes if we can't identify the difference, if we can't tell if it's the most high, if we can't tell if it's our own thoughts, we will listen to these intrusive thoughts that don't necessarily have our best interests in, in mind. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more as we get further down these notes and into this podcast episode. So yeah, that I mean, that's the low. Like the low, I just, my mental stability hasn't been there. My mental health hasn't been where I would ideally want it to be. Um, but I'm, I'm reaching out to my doctor and stuff and I'm trying to do take the necessary steps so that I can get to a, a good mental state. Like I, I just recently, <laughs> before I got sick, I signed up for a um to, to join like a, a group therapy kind of thing so i'm excited about that i'll be participating in that i think it's weekly or monthly or something like that so that'll be helpful for me um and the last thing have i been creating recently no <laughs> no not really because 
I've been like laid out in bed or stuck on the toilet. I haven't really been creating anything. Uh, I made a couple of videos. Um, this is after I started feeling a little bit better, which is kind of fun and helpful. But in general, no, I haven't been creating anything because I haven't been feeling well. When when you are sick, it is hard to do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I had not I have not been creating much recently, but it is something that as I'm continuing to heal and get to 100%, that is something I'm trying to work on because I know creating and exercising that creative muscle helps me. So I got to make sure I'm doing that. Yeah, so that's the mental, mental check-in, you know. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I'm trying to get healthier and uh, to feel better and stuff like that. But it's a work in pro progress. Like it, it's a work in progress to maintain good health. And it's also a work in progress to improve your health. You just got to keep at it and continue to be patient, continue to ask for help when you need it and have grace with yourself. Um, I'm trying not to, for me, like I'm trying not to beat myself up because especially as I was just journaling about this earlier today <clears throat> before I recorded this, trying to be patient with myself as I recover from being sick to like get back in, into the swing of things. As we are in the end of the year and as the new year approaches, um, a lot of times people have like big plans and things that they want to accomplish and get done in the year. And for me, at least for this year so far, I've been feeling crazy anxious about that. Like 2023 has the potential to be really amazing uh, and a really amazing year. Um, but right now I'm just like super anxious about it because there's so much to be done. Like there's so much to do. Sometimes it gets overwhelming thinking about it. And so like, I'm trying to just take it step by step, moment by moment and not overwhelm myself. And just like, okay, okay. We're just going to take it a day at a time. You know, just a day at a time and it's going to be okay. Transitioning into uh, this this topic, the untimely passing of DJ Twitch. It's, you know, I feel like there is no real good way to talk about somebody's passing. There's no easy way, especially when it comes to like suicide. It's not like it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so awkward in general. I mean, people's passing, people's death is a sensitive topic in general. To those who are discussing it, to those who actually related to the person who passed away or the person who took their life, it's not an easy thing to talk about. And again, I think we are trying to, as a community and as a society, take the shame away from those who have passed by suicide. And we're trying to, along with mental illness and mental health, kind of make room for this to be a regular topic of discussion. And what I mean by that is not necessarily like, oh, we're just talking about the weather, but more of like, no, this is something that actually happens and we should talk about it. This happens. People take their own lives and it's unfortunate. And I think for a lot of people, it's scary and confusing because one, death in itself feels abnormal. Regardless if you, you know and you're expecting, say, like a family member who's been wrestling with cancer or something for a very long time, even if you know and are expecting people to pass, it's still uncomfortable. You still can't fully prepare for it. You still can't really grasp the fact that this person that you know is gonna no longer be here. Death is, although it is common, it is still an uncomfortable occurrence that happens every day. And I'm sure people have different perspectives depending on how, what their relationship is with death. Like people who work in the, the health field, you know, nurses and doctors, people who actually see individuals pass daily sometimes, their experience with death is different. You know, even within our society, it varies and it differs from different cultures. Like some people, their family members pass within their homes. I think in a lot of Western cultures, people pass in hospitals or ambulances or places that are distant from their home. But in a lot of other societies and cultures, 
especially elderly people or whatever, or people who are sick, the family's taking care of them and they're in the home and they pass within the home. In our society and in our community, we are starting to add this topic of suicide. Um, we're starting to add mental illness to this conversation, trying to take away the taboo-ness of it. But it's still awkward. <laughs> it's still uncomfortable. It's still something difficult to talk about, but it's something that we need to talk about. And I know like as I, as I was, many were shocked about the passing of DJ Twitch because for a lot of people, there didn't appear to be signs of depression or thoughts of suicide. You know, that's what it looked like. You know, either we're seeing him on social media or you're seeing him in the actual media, like on TV or whatever. It seemed like everything is cool. You know, he seems like a, uh, in a lot of the articles that I read about him, you know, he's like just a light in the room. Like he would always bring love and light is something that I saw on a lot of the, the comments and the quotes and stuff like that. Love and light wherever he was. He brought positive energy. He seemed happy all the time and stuff like that. But like the reality is there aren't many 100% proof signs of suicide or somebody that has like su suicidal ideations, depression, or mental illness. And it varies from person to person. In general, we think somebody that's depressed or wrestling with suicide, they're like moping around, they're really quiet, they seem like very gloomy, but that's not always the case. And I think we're seeing, seeing that more and more in our community and in our society. It's, it's so unexpected. And it's like, what is this? And I think the thing that is so uncomfortable is that we feel so caught off guard about it. Like it's so unknown in the unknown. We don't, we don't like unknown things. We don't like things that we can't put into a box or things that we can't properly comprehend or understand. It makes us uncomfortable. It, it takes away the power that we'd like to have as humans. Again, this is something that we need to talk about. It, it is, it's really sad and I'm really, I feel sad. Um, you know, I, I feel sad for his family and his friends and those who are close to him who, you know, for them, I'm sure on some level, again, they're shocked too. Like, wait, I just talked to him. He seemed fine. I don't understand. Like, why, why, why did this, why did this happen? You know, asking so many questions and then not really being able to get any answers. I'm definitely praying for them. And I hope that things like this continue to lead us to have conversations that need to be had, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this because it needs to be talked about, particularly regarding, in my opinion, um, black men in our community. Because I mean, the thing is like suicide happens to everybody, black, white, male, female, doesn't matter. But since the topic of this <laughs> the show and the content that we're related is around black men and mental health and trying to be better men, we need to talk about it. We need to try to address it so that we can do what we can for our brothers and for ourselves. When I found out about it, because my, my wife, she had saw something on Instagram and told me about it. This reminded me of when Robin Williams, you know, the actor and comedian passed away. And that was, wow, if I can do math, like six years ago, 2014. And how that shocked the whole world because you have this amazing comic, amazing actor who made the world smile and laugh and you come to find out he took his own life. It was shocking because he appeared to be so happy. Far from the idea of potentially taking his own life or struggling with anything internally. And it sucks because a lot of the happiest people we know are struggling internally with stuff. A lot of the people who come off like everything is okay, everything is all right, they have it all together, are wrestling with so many things internally. And again, this is this has happened and it seems to be happening more frequently. So yeah, you know, it seems like a lot of the happiest people you know are struggling internally. And it was just 
the thought came to mind, I was reminded of, it was earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken, that it was a former Miss USA, Chesley Christ, committed suicide as well. People were shocked, absolutely shocked. And it's like, what's happening? <laughs> I think more and more people are asking, like, what's happening? Why does it seem like so many young male and, and, and female are committing suicide and taking their own lives? And because it's something that we don't fully grasp, we were scrambling around trying to figure out what to do, how to stop this from happening, which is understandable. Another reason why we have to keep talking about it. We have to keep talking about it because if we don't, if we try to just sweep it under the rug, which is often things that we do, I think, I don't want to say not only as humans, but I think that's what we try to do in Western society. If it's something that we can't immediately control, if it's something that we can't immediately fix, we like to just like, let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just let it lay, you know, and the hope is that it will just disappear. And the thing is, it's not, <laughs> it's not. And we, we have to address it and like, even in my own life, you know, I've had suicidal ideations and I've attempted to kill myself. I guess I shouldn't say I've, I've attempted to take my own life at least twice. Um, one, when I was younger, like middle school age, I tried to hang myself. And another time as an adult, I tried to like throw myself out of a moving car. By God's grace, I'm okay. That didn't happen, <laughs> you know. And there are a lot of people who have sadly have attempted to take their own lives. I guess the unsad part is it didn't it didn't work. There are many stories of people who have tried to overdose on drugs, tried to drink themselves to death, who have tried to shoot themselves, who have tried to do a lot of things and it just didn't work. It's just crazy. And again, we're trying to figure out why. Why did did you attempt this? And everybody has different reasons, you know. My reasons are different from the next person's. My reasons could be different for yours. You know, if you wrestled with that. And um, it's interesting because later <laughs> later in life, as I have gotten older and been, been able to have like conversations with my family, um, particularly with my father, coming to find out that my, my own father tried to take his own life. The reason I think that's a big deal is something I believe, I don't know, this is my point, this is my, my stance, is that there is, as, as human beings, part of our human experience is spiritual. So we have the natural, natural, physical aspect of our experience. We have what would, what would be considered like the soul. And then we have the spirit. I honestly believe there is a spirit of suicide that exists in this world that we wrestle with, that some people wrestle with more than others. It is not a, uh, it, it doesn't care. <laughs> it doesn't care who is it's going to influence, you know. But I think it's interesting that there are things that I feel like happen within our family that we don't talk about because it is taboo or that we just try to bury under the ground or sweep under the rug that then comes up again in the next generation or in you know our children or whatever in those close to us or different parts of our, our community you know and there's so many things within our community that we are ashamed of that we don't want to talk about that we don't want to discuss if we don't shed light on them those dark areas will still continue to be there you know and i would say suicide is one of them i i don't know i mean i, I think it sucks it sucks but i think there's a spirit of suicide even within our own community that we need to address and it goes along with depression. It goes along with mental illness. It goes along with a lot of other stuff. It goes along with adultery. It goes along with bad relationships. Um, it goes along with negative self-talk and negative self-image. Like there are a lot of things, a lot of spiritual influences that have different names and manifest in different ways that we need to address within our community. And I think suicide is one of them. I think suicide can be separate from depression. 
it can be separate from mental illness to some degree. And the reason I say that is that um, even with the passing of Robin Williams, if I'm not mistaken, his his wife in a couple of interviews, you know, in news articles has attributed that, you know, his, his untimely death wasn't solely influenced or dependent on depression, but he, he actually suffered with a, a disease called Lou body dementia, dementia, Lou body dementia. Although depression may have been there along with many other things, she has said that's really what led to a suicide was that particular disease. So I say all that to say that suicide itself is, it's a difficult thing that we have to talk about. And again, like I said, there, there's a spirit behind it that kind of leads to these ideations, that leads to this influence that we, we need to try to address. We got to talk about it. We got to shed light on it. And as uncomfortable and as awkward as it is, and as messy as it is, because I think it's messy because, again, I think in general, we want it to be clean cut. We want things to be smooth and easy and like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. One plus two equals three. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But not all of life is like that. Not all of our human experience is like that. You know, I remember when Robin Williams passed away, my mom had asked me about suicide in the Bible. And I think this is just my guess. I don't, I, I don't think I asked her about it, but because of my experience as a child in attempting to delete myself, I think when this happened to Robin Williams, when it became a big buzz, I think it kind of like reminded her of what happened to me. And I think she became concerned, which makes sense. Yeah. She had asked me like, is suicide at all present in the Bible? And it is. There are several different cases of people taking their own lives, uh, particularly men who, who take their own lives or have somebody to kill them, you know, as again, as a, as a form of suicide or self-deletion or whatever. And one of the reasons I like the Bible, in my opinion, is that it talks about a lot of stuff. Sometimes you got to kind of look for it. Very often, I think we just overlook some of the little things that are there. You know, sometimes there, there are parts of the Bible where it just records information. It's just like, this is what happened. And it's not to say like, this is what happened. This is what you should do about it. This is what you should think about it. This is the right way to deal with it or whatever. No, it's like, this happened. And that's it. It's just facts. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just factual information. This happened. And there are a couple of different cases where people just kill themselves. You know, uh, I'm not going to go really into the scripture, but I'll, I'll give the scripture reference in the individual who uh, took their life. But like there, I found five instances of people taking their own life. In, in the Bible. The first one I saw was Abimelech. You can find that in Judges chapter nine, verse 54. And there he asks like his armor bearer or whatever to take his life. Another one was King Saul. Is it first Samuel chapter 31 verses four through five? Um, another one. And I think a lot of these men were kings or leaders, you know, and the next one was, I might butcher this name, Ahithophel, Ahithophel, second uh, Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. Next one is King Zimri. First Kings 16, 18 through 19. And then last, which most people I think know about is Judas and Matthew chapter 27, verses three through five. And the thing is like all of their circumstances were different. You know, I'm sure there could be some similarities and stuff there, but like the point is we don't and can't really understand this whole thing about suicide. Everyone's experience is different. As much as we have so many questions, some of those questions we can't answer because one, we can't talk to the people who've passed, who actually completed you know, the act of self-deletion. We don't know what happens to people after they have done that. We don't know what was fully going on with them. We don't know all the de details, you know? Again, like I mentioned, this is a nuanced, messy, confusing, 
hard, difficult, and challenging topic to talk about, but we need to talk about it. We need to shed light on it. We need to be brave enough to be like, yo, I don't know what's going on. I don't have all the answers, but I need to talk about this. Black man, we need to talk about this. We need to have conversation about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to. And again, like the, the tricky part about it is that we're always looking for some method or structure uh, to easily understand and to navigate mental illness. And it, that makes sense. Like, that's how the human mind works. We want to be able to com compartmentalize things and perfectly get things together. That makes sense. And the desire is to be able to recognize signs so that we can fix or help people in distress immediately because we don't want any more people passing away. You know, we don't want more people taking their own life. We want to help them. We want to fix them. We want to avoid the heartbreak. We want to avoid the pain of not knowing what to do, the discomfort of not being able to have control over this, to not be able to save people as we would hope. You know, suicide, depression, and other mental illnesses don't always play out the same though. Uh, there is no 100% accurate chart to use, you know, to be like, these are the things. When I was dealing with my stomach flu, I went to the urgent care or whatever. And, you know, when in there, they have different charts for stuff. So they had a chart for like stroke. You know, these are the four signs or whatever that you see that relate to somebody having a stroke. And um, it sucks because there aren't really charts like that for mental illness. Like there are resources out there that can help raise awareness. But in general, we all need to be vigilant personally and communally. You, black man, you got to check in with yourself. You got to check in with those around you. You know, if you have your father or your brother, your uncle, anybody, even your sister, your family, whatever, even your kids. If you got kids, you need to check in on them, you know. And if you are having issues, you got to try to get help. And like I just mentioned, like there is no like definite chart that says like these are the signs of or whatever. Like we have a general understanding of what typically we see, um, but it keeps changing. <laughs> it keeps changing or it keeps evolving. I, I saw a resource online that I wanted to share. So this is a resource I found online that shows six signs of depression in black men. And again, there are more signs than this, but I think these are just general ones that have been seen, you know, so let's go through the infographic. infographic. And this was uh, created and shared by Patrice N. Douglas. Uh, she's a marriage and family therapist. You can follow her on Instagram. Like if you just search her name, it'll it'll come up. But um, it says at least 7% of black men will experience depression in their lifetime. The first sign is increase in physical pain or chronic medical issues. Chronic pain and digestive issues can be related to depression. Number two, loss of focus. Depression can slow down a man's ability to process information, thereby impairing concentration on work or other tasks. Three, Anger. Men at times manifest hostility. Let me see if I can zoom in a little bit. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, three, anger. Men at times manifest hostility, aggressiveness, and anger when depressed. It's more than irritability and can strike at the smallest things. Number four, substance abuse. Men often engage in substances such as alcohol and marijuana to numb the pain as a coping skill. Substance abuse can be a trigger to increase depressive symptoms. Number five, sexual dysfunction. Men are less likely to report erectile dysfunction when depressed, which can cause depression to worsen. Many suffer from sexual dysfunction due to medical conditions, medications, medical conditions or medication, medications which, which can cause depression. And six, suicide thoughts. Men are four times likely to die by suicide and seven to eight black men die daily from death by suicide. She has another infographic that talks about suicide, black men and suicide. Again, these are just some facts about black men and suicide. First, we have approximately six to seven men die a day 
by suicide. So that range, six to six to eight men die a day by suicide. Number two, Caribbean black men living in the U.S. have the highest rate of suicide in the black community. Number three, elderly black men make up 80% of completed suicides. So it, like, they actually deleted themselves. Number four, depression, PTSD, and physical health issues are the leading cause for suicide in black men. Number five, firearms are the most common method of suicide. Resources is from American Association of Suicidology. And again, you can go to our website, Patrice and Douglas. She has a lot more uh, resources for mental health and things like that. But just looking at those infographics, like they're kind of broad, you know, they're broad. Like there's so much more that could be happening with somebody. I don't know if DJ Twitch was dealing with some of the stuff that was discussed there based off of like the lifestyle that we could see online and stuff like that. He was a happy guy, married, you know, he just recently celebrated his, um, I think it was six or nine year anniversary with his wife, had kids, he was successful. Like he was doing well based off of those things. Maybe none of, he had none of those signs. And that's, again, that's the part that I think it's so frustrating and confusing for us. Like, even though there are resources and tools to help us be aware of what's going on, we can't completely 100% know. And that makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> that makes us frustrated. That makes it, this, this topic itself is just confusing. And I think that's why, like, for me, being aware that, no, there is, there is a spirit out there that's influencing people to lead to making this decision, whether it's it influences their mind or ultimately influences their health, like with Robin Williams and the, the, the disease that he wrestled with. It sucks. It sucks, but it's it's happening. And we, like I mentioned, like we need to be vigilant. We need to be more vigilant of our community and within our community, personally and communally. Like we need to check in on ourselves. We need to do that inner work to make sure, like, yo, what's going on with me? Like being honest with yourself. Again, having those emotional release valves, doing those mental mental check-ins and like seeing where you are and then checking in on other people and having people in your community to check in on you, asking you, yo, how's your mental mental? How are you doing? What's going on with you, man? How are you feeling? And I get it. Not, not everybody has that in their community. Not everybody has close friends or, or the brothers or family to really ask those questions. Because again, sometimes it still is, even though there's work being done so that mental illness and mental health and all that is less taboo. It's still very, very taboo for a lot of us, particularly within the black community. But we need to start doing that work. We need to be checking in and saying like, yo, how are, how are you doing? Checking in with ourselves, checking in communally, you know, within our community and being willing to ask for help, which again is easier said than done. But we got to do that, you know, as a believer, one who loves Jesus and believes in his death, burial, resurrection. If I'm being 100% honest with you guys, like I'm being honest, I really wish there was a cure-all for mental illness, for suicide, for all of these things. I really, for all the problems in the world, <laughs> to be honest, I wish I, I wish I had the faith to say that Jesus is the complete, complete answer. Seriously, I wish I could say, even for myself, Jesus took away all of my depressive thoughts. I wish I didn't know people of amazing faith who didn't take their own lives. I wish I didn't, you know, I, I, I wish I could say like, no, every, every Christian, every believer I knew, um, they don't wrestle with this and that there weren't brothers and sisters I knew who took their own lives. 
I, I wish I didn't know people of faith who struggled with mental illness. And I wish it was that simple that, you know, being in a relationship with Jesus Christ and getting saved just fixes everything. But the reality is, I know it's not. That it's not just a silver bullet for this problem, for this thing that has a huge impact in our society and in our community as a whole. Do I say that to say, don't try Jesus? Absolutely not. I mean, for me, my, my faith and spiritual relationship with the Most High has helped me in so many different ways. I just know there are a lot of believers who, because of fear and immaturity, don't think those who are followers of Christ are not followers of Christ can wrestle with depression or I would say the spirit of suicide or that Christians or believers can't be influenced in that way. The church has hurt a lot of people when it comes to topics like these because they don't really know what to say. Um, because it's not an easy one, two, three answer. They just say things which they believe is right or whatever. And it hurts and cuts and bruises a lot of people and turns them away from the Most High. It turns them away from Jesus. There are a lot of people <laughs> who have experiences with the church or people, Christians or whatever, who say things that are just insensitive and hurtful with the intent of trying to be helpful or whatever, but because they don't know and don't fully understand what's happening, they give these canned answers and canned responses. They don't deal with the nuance. They don't deal with the mess and don't engage it, even though, which is again why I like the Bible and I like God's word, is because he deals with it. He points it out. He doesn't cover it up. I gave you five examples of people who committed suicide that's recorded in the book for historical reference. Does that mean there weren't more? I'm sure there were. But the whole point is the Bible is like, no, nah, this this life thing, this being a human thing, it's kind of crazy. And it's all over the place sometimes. And we need to talk about it. This human experience, which includes our spirituality, is far more complex than modern Western evangelical churches let on. That's my opinion. I think they're trying to work on it and get better at it. But at the end of the day, it, to me, is Jesus Christ still King of Kings? Absolutely. But that doesn't erase the reality there is an enemy to our soul, to his kingdom, and to the entire human race that wants to take as many of us out of here as possible. And you know that's why I mentioned the whole idea of the spirit of suicide. And again, that when I when I say that, I'm not trying to erase or address or do like a catch-all for the things that people wrestle with. Because I, I get it. Some people don't believe in spiritual stuff in general. I'm just saying that there's layers to this. There's layers to this human experience. And because there are layers to this and because there's a lot going on, we need to be vigilant. We need to do the work to care for one another, to support one another to care for ourselves, to check in with ourselves, to make an effort to continue to talk about this stuff, to continue to shine light on what's going on around us, with us, with our community, with those we care about. Like we have to engage. And just like, in my opinion, just like the Holy Spirit influences and inspires us towards righteousness, there are wicked spirits that influence and inspire us towards demonic and destructive behavior. Please understand, I, I know this is a very sensitive subject, but we got to talk about it. Um, particularly, again, as black men, whether you're spiritual or whether you're Christian or whatever or not, mental illness is real and there are brothers taking their own lives in our community. And, you know, to be honest, I don't, I don't have an answer and I'm, I'm not claiming to have one and not like a definite one. My, my desire in talking about this and sharing my own experiences is to keep shining light and to encourage all of us, 
all of us, to check in on ourselves and to check in on each other. So when I say like in the intro of the podcast and different things like that, like how's your mental mental? I'm really asking you and I want you to take some time to ask that question, like answer that question. How how am I? What's going on with my mind? What's going on with my emotions? What's going on with that? This area of, of my life? What's going on with my soul? Because very often, because we live in such a crazy society that has not the best culture, we don't take time to ask those questions. We don't take time to do that work to be like, what's going on with me? What am I thinking? How am I feeling? Stuff like that. Like, so when I ask you, how's your mental mental? I mean it. And whether you answer me in the comments or whatever, I want you to at least try to answer for yourself. And so like, this is very tragic and it's very um, unfortunate that this brother took his life. I understand that a lot of us are trying to figure out what does this mean? Or what do we do about this? How do we deal with this? Because again, like I mentioned earlier this year, the young lady, the former Miss, Miss America taking her own life. Like it seems like it's happening more and more. And we need to talk about it. We need to address it. We need to figure out what do we need to change? What do we need to improve on? What do we what do we need to do so that more people in our community and in general aren't coming to this conclusion to take their own life, to delete themselves? Because again, in my opinion, there there's a spirit influence influencing us to come to this conclusion. That was the case for me. Feeling stressed and overwhelmed and feeling like I was ruining everything. The conclusion that came to mind for me was to take myself out of here. And um kind of like I mentioned earlier, I don't this is my opinion. I don't think that is a natural thought because in general, as humans, we want to do, we want to make sure we're okay. Like it's almost innate in most living creatures to preserve themselves, to protect themselves and to come to the idea of like, no, it's best that I delete myself. Just my opinion. That's like an intrusive thought as a thought that's coming from somewhere else. And um, it's not good. I think that spirit takes advantage of brokenness, sadness, fear, anger, and a lot of other things that leads people to making those decisions to take their own life. And, you know, like we need help with being able to navigate that. We need to check in on one another so that we don't come to that conclusion and that we don't make that decision because we're, our life is valuable and important. You know, you're here for a reason. And I'll end it here. This episode here is like, if you or someone you know is in crisis, call 988 Eight, to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can also call the network, previously known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, at 800-273-8255 or text HOME to 741-741 or visit speakingofsuicide.com forward slash resources for additional resources. And personally, I have called uh, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline and um, it was helpful for me. Um, so definitely, if you're in that place, use this resource. But again, like I said, I don't have a definite answer. Again, I just want us to talk about it, bring it up so that we can discuss it and so that we can try to find an answer answer, and so that we can try to help one another, you know? So again, thank you for listening as always to the, to the, to the podcast. I appreciate it. If you like it on uh, 
If you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. I'm still trying to get to 100 subscribers. <laughs> I'm trying to get beyond that, but like the first goal, 100 subscribers, that would be great. Um, if you're listening on your favorite podcast and app, um, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Um, you know, let me know your thoughts and comments and stuff like that. Uh, I get more content and things I want to create to continue to help help you, black man, and uh, continue to help you know help us to become beneficial men. Black man, you're called for more than mediocre living. You're here for purpose to live for glory and for the good of others. Let's do the work and keep choosing to become beneficial for for our community. I believe in you. Until next time, go make something for yourself, of yourself, and for glory and for good. Peace.